Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to the Demonland podcast. My name is Andy, and joining me, as he does every week, is Grape Viney. Grape Viney, uh, good evening. Uh, good evening, Andy, and good evening to all the Demonland listeners uh, out there. Uh, probably battling a little bit at two and three, but. Uh, We'll try to keep our spirits up and push on regardless. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I am, I don't know, I'm not quite at the uh, slashing the wrists stage yet. Um, I, I'm slowly getting getting there as the weeks uh, go on. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, getting, it's getting really frustrating because uh, I think we're playing fairly good football for most of the games, but we're not getting those wins, and that's the most important thing. It is frustrating, especially to happen three weeks in a row. And as you say, we've dominated for large periods in each of those games. Um, For the most part, yes, we've missed the odd quarter here and there, but for the most part, the intensity and the effort has been great. The application's been great, but uh, just lacking a little bit of the polish to finish off the good work. And, of course, uh, the suspensions and the injuries um, have uh, have impacted the structures and the uh, ability of the team that we're able to put out on the park. So, um, yeah, we've been hit hard a little bit, haven't we? We certainly have, and uh, we're going to talk uh, more in depth about uh, about the game and about the injuries and <laughs> what's going to happen in the next, uh, you know, couple of weeks as we uh, head into this season. Um, but tonight we have a special guest and um, we're going to bring uh, her on shortly. Um, so before we get into the more in-depth uh, discussions, we might just talk about some, some of the small things like I think we discussed earlier that we're going to talk about the crowd and, uh, you know, uh, when was the last time we played in front of such a, such a large crowd? I mean, it would have been fair, fair, fair while since we... Well, it would have been, the, I'm imagining the, the finals crowds of, uh, of 2006 and the years before that would be up there. But in terms of the home and away crowd, uh, the 85,500 people that were there on, um, there on Monday night was obviously the club record uh, for Richmond and Melbourne in terms of home and away um, figures. And... It's the largest home and away crowd that Melbourne have played in front of since 1964. Wow. And the fourth largest crowd, uh, home and away crowd in the club's history. So um, great numbers um, off the park. I think they exceeded the MCC's expectation by about 15,000 or so. I think they're expecting about 70. So to get those numbers, and particularly on a night when uh, we'd heard all week that there was going to be biblical rain um, and it looked threatening all day. To still get 85,000 was just superb. And I think you'd agree with me that the atmosphere was electric. Um, the ceremony that precedes the game is very uh, solemn and uh, very moving. And I think we're, well, obviously we're uh, extremely uh, lucky to have that fixture and um, I think it's locked in for the future now, isn't it? They're not going to, AFL's not going to take the game off us now if they're uh, drawing eighty-five and a half thousand. Yeah, I think uh, after you um, get a 
crowd like that, it's very hard to sort of take that off us. So I, I can't see them taking it, that off us uh, for next year. We'll definitely have it uh, next year. Now, there must have been quite a few factors involved in uh, getting that crowd there. Number one being the fact that Richmond were four and zip uh, going into the yep. game. That certainly helped. Um, you could definitely hear... Um, the Richmond crowd was much louder than the Demons crowd, even though we did have good representation. Um, so that definitely uh, helped the, the, that fact. And the fact that we've had a pretty decent start to the to the season uh, helped as well. So um, it's good to see Absolutely. the Red Bull out there. Yeah, I mean, look, the roar at the end of the game when they hit the front was yeah. as loud as I've ever heard uh, live at a game. And it's a shame it wasn't uh, coming from the Melbourne supporters, but... Uh, that's footy. It was just a privilege to be there, to be honest. Um, you know, I think sometimes the fact that we play there every second week, we take for granted just how good the MCG is. I was watching over the weekend, the FA Cup semi-finals were on yeah. uh, in England, and both of those games were played at Wembley, which I think holds about 90,000. Uh, you had Tottenham playing Chelsea and Manchester City playing Arsenal, and both of those games only drew... Um, 85,000. So to be getting similar amounts uh, at the G for, you know, around five home and away fixture is just superb. And uh, uh, it's just, yeah, there's there's not many stadia um, around the world that can match the G in terms of atmosphere or even capacity. Um, Barcelona play at a ground that holds 100,000, but most of the soccer fields of Europe um, hold about 80. So, uh, I think we're just really privileged to be able to watch our team at one of the world's best stadiums uh, uh, every every second week, and uh, it was a treat to be there the other night. That's for sure. It definitely was. It was it was electric. Um, I was there with my daughter, and uh, she'd never certainly never been uh, to a game of footy um, with a crowd like that. Uh, she's only eight, so. <laughs> you know, in the last ten years, we we ha- as we said, we haven't really got crowds anywhere near that. So uh, it was actually quite deafening for an eight-year-old kid to to hear that. But she certainly, um, you know, got a got a real thrill out of it. And I only wish the result was a little bit better because it's it's a lot better train ride home when you win than when you lose. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Um, yep, yeah, the mood was pretty downcast on my train ride home too, but. We're lucky, aren't we? Well, your children are lucky and my nieces and nephews are lucky that they're now, uh, well, they've been born into um, an era that looks um, a lot brighter than the one we've just come from. So in terms of maintaining their interest and excitement about the game, uh, it sure helps to be playing competitive football rather than being um, smashed from pillar to post, which is largely what's happened over the past decade. Yeah, and I've been begging for the last few last decade for us to be competitive. Um, I wasn't even concerned about wins for a while. I just wanted to be competitive. But now that we are competitive, uh, I just really want to get those wins. And uh, you know, this are they slipping away from us? I don't think so. I think we'll get there in the end. But and as I said, we'll talk about it more in depth because shortly we're going to have to uh, just take a short break while we get our special guest on the line. Um, so is there anything else for the next two minutes uh, you want to discuss? Um, we no. I, well, look, just one quick question. It, it looked we, – we looked dead on our feet at three-quarter time and that sort of translated um, into the last quarter and obviously we will 
look at this a little bit more in depth later. But when scores drew level, I said to my father, I would take a draw um, right about now. And I think there was still, there was a good sort of probably 10 minutes to go. Um, but you could just see, uh, you, well, you know, they really had control of the quarter, didn't they? And, yeah. Uh, you, it was obvious to everyone in the stadium that we were about to be overrun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what happened. Yeah, I, I couldn't see, I really couldn't see us scoring. It, 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 we didn't look threatening at all. Even when we went down, we bombed it in a couple of times. There was one time when someone bombed it up to, to Jesse and there was another time someone bombed it up to Garlet. But, um, you know, we didn't look threatening like we did in the first um, couple of quarters where we absolutely dominated the inside 50s. And we, we'll discuss that, uh, the, our, our yep. inside 50 domination, but failure to score. And I think that's got to be a little bit of a worry. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, I'm conscious that uh, Mel Hickey is just about to join us. Uh, we should just tell our listeners out there, we can't accept live calls um, uh, into the uh, program while Mel's on. Um, so if you do have any questions uh, you want us to ask, uh, post them in the uh, podcast chat room yeah. and we will try to get to them. Yeah, uh, you can find the, uh, if you're just uh, listening on one of the links that I've uh, plastered all over Demonland, you can, uh, we have a live chat room that's at demonland.com slash podcast. Uh, go there, you can join the live chat as long as you're logged in. Uh, the reason we can't take calls with Mel isn't because of any stipulation from Mel, it's the fact that... Um, for some reason, Skype on my computer won't add join. Uh, well, we're going to have Mel over Skype on a phone line, but uh, it won't join anyone to the call. So we could take your calls and questions, but Mel will not be able to hear you because I've put her on hold. So, um, yeah, I, I have a remedy for that situation in the future for future guests, but uh, unfortunately tonight that won't be the case. So if you want a question, um, yeah. You can do it uh, through the chat room. So we're just going to take a quick break. You're going to hear some music for a minute or two while we get Mel on the line, and we'll be back. Uh, well, we're delighted to have uh, Melbourne uh, women's team defender and marquee player Mel Hickey with us on tonight's program. Uh, Mel's footballing CV is just about as good as it gets. Uh, she's a two-time All-Australian, a six-time Premiership player with the Darabin Falcons, and last year made the VFL... Uh, women's team of the year she's one of the superstars uh, not only of the melbourne football club but of the competition more broadly mel thanks for joining us on tonight's demon land podcast thank you so much that was a very nice intro it was very um humbling thanks for that we've, we've done our research <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so first up mel congratulations on the inaugural season of the women's competition um after a slow start the team really did hit its straps and really improved week by week. And by the end of the season, uh, you know, we were really playing an exciting brand, um, exciting and attractive brand of footy. And, uh, you know, we really came within a whisker of making that uh, grand final. So you must be pleased with that, how it all panned out. Yeah, for sure. I think um, now that I've had a little bit of time to kind of to get over just missing out, it did feel kind of bittersweet there towards the end. Um, and obviously, we had such a great win on against Fremantle, and then we had to wait the Sunday. And um, unfortunately, you can't rely on Collingwood to to, to win for you. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been nice to to be able to have a bit of time to reflect on the season. And as you mentioned, we, we really did improve so much as the season went on. And 
Um, we're just so proud of the group and how we're able to develop. And um, yeah, I mean, I think lots of people. It's a little bit bittersweet, as I said, but a lot of people said that we we probably played some of the best football that um, across the competition that was seen. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I guess it just makes you more hungry, more excited for for next season. Did you did you anticipate that you would that the team would gel together in that way? Um, and as you said, sort of at the um, at the business end of the season, we're playing really uh, attractive uh, attractive footy. It was great to watch. Did you anticipate that it'd come together so quickly? Um, to be honest, it was just really hard to, to in terms of expectations about our team and other teams and I guess you kind of knew how, how we were gelling and how training was going but you had no idea about what was going on at the other clubs and um, I guess what what they were doing and uh, I mean I knew obviously having Daisy and you know, myself and Junior as, as sort of the leaders and there's also so many other leaders within the club I, th- I knew that we had a really good and strong culture and the things that we were driving um, the girls were really responding to so uh, obviously, we had a, a pretty young list, which was, um, which was, I guess, something that, that people knocked us on a little bit at the start of the season, and yep. we saw that we had so many, um, yeah, obviously rising stars, and a lot of our younger girls were sort of featuring in our, our top five, top six. So, um, yeah, I think I knew that we had a, had a really good thing in terms of, um, yeah, the, the sort of the depth of our team and, and how we were gelling. But as I said, it was a little bit... You, you had <laughs> had no expectations sort of leading in. It was, it was quite um, quite a unique situation. So w- what about the way that the football community embraced the competition? Um, you had excellent crowds. You had great ratings on TV. Um, did you expect that it would take off that way or, or were you surprised at how quickly that all happened? Oh, I must admit, I was quite surprised. I knew that we'd sort of had some good momentum off the back of the exhibition games and that people were interested, but um, I was there that very first night at Collingwood-Carlton um, game and <laughs> I was just looking around in the stands and I was, this this place is full and then the whispers kind of went around that it was obviously um, a lockout and, yeah, I just um, I, I would never have imagined that that would have ever happened and um, obviously people tuned in um, or, or, or watched um, over the TV as well with, with um, Channel 7 and also on Fox. So um, people just, yeah, were generally excited about it. And um, I think we even saw that we sustained that sort of across the, the season, which is really pleasing. And, um, yeah, I think I, I knew, yeah, as I said, I knew people would were excited by it, but <laughs> that definitely exceeded my expectations. Do you have a preference uh, or do you think it's it's better to have the games as standalone games or would you rather be playing, as they did on some occasions, as curtain raises uh, to the men's competition? Yeah, it was, um, to be honest, I like a bit of a mixture. It was really nice. Um, one of the games the, the boys played before us, and um, they kind of gave us a guard of honour as we ran out, which was a, a nice surprise, and then um, we did sort of vice versa for them later in the, the season. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously great for the supporters and, and great for the club to all be playing on one day um but in some ways i guess a women's crowd i really noticed sort of attending other matches as well as a spectator that the, there's a different kind of feel in the in the crowd and a different vibe which um yeah which i think is kind of special and unique so it's nice in in some ways to have them stand alone too but um i know if i uh, it was a i was a young girl i, I barracked for geelong so i knew that 
I know that if I had been a young girl wanting to go and watch both my men's and women's teams back to back, that would have been sort of the ultimate. So it is, it is good for the fans. So you, you mentioned uh, your connection with uh, Geelong and uh, you come from a, a famous football family, I believe. Um, the Hickey name is revered down at Geelong. And is it your grandfather's cousin, Reg Hickey, that uh, was one of the greats of the game? Um, so it must be a real source of pride and joy to, for them to see you playing at the top level. Yeah, way. for sure. And my dad um, was a good country footballer, as he tells me, and <laughs> um, played up in Mildura. And I mean, he's one of ten, got five brothers, so they all played up there. And then um, his cousins also. So yeah, it was it was definitely it's definitely in the blood the football. And and my grandfather played a little bit of country footy as well. So um, I have no doubt that, that that rubbed off on me that the love of the game and um, I guess that. That competitiveness, that's definitely comes from the Hickey side. So, um, yeah, it's funny how I've read a few things about Reg and he sort of played off the half-back and he was a, I see he was a bit of a rugged, um, tough defender. So I like to think that I'm a little bit similar. It's, um, it was pretty cool to read about that. So you've come from good stock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm guessing that, that the family uh, support the Ds in the women's competition but are probably still cat fans when it comes to the uh, men's comp. What about you? Who are you barracking, <laughs> who are you barracking for uh, a couple of weeks ago I'm, when, when Melbourne brought Geelong? I would never have thought I would ever, ever move from Geelong, but I have found myself going for the boys and... Um, yeah, a bit, a bit more neutral towards Geelong now, and um, I watched the Anzac Day game, Anzac Eve game, and um, was, was cheering loudly. So I've, I've definitely shifted, which, um, as I said, I never thought would happen. But it's funny once you you feel a part of a club and ingrained in a club that you, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I feel like I'm part of the club, so you you want to go for your club. Yep. So. Um we have you always obviously with the with your family history in footy you've always been a, a footy fanatic um so this really must just be a dream come true what yeah for sure i think um i'll probably say that every time i go and speak at um any kind of engagement but yeah i think i was that young girl that just was kicking the footy around for hours on end and once i'd run out of either a sister or a dad or a friend to do it, I'd just be kicking the footy to myself. So um, it's interesting, I guess, when you're a certain age, you, you don't so much see gender or a barrier, you just do what you love. Um, so I, I kind of had lost that dream and, and quite honestly never thought it would happen. Um, and so, yeah, it does feel like that. And sometimes that little sort of 11, 10-year-old girl's running around and um, just fulfilling what, what she thought would never happen. So it's pretty special. I mean, obviously, they'd always spoken about 2020 being the year that they'd bring forward this league. And um, once Gil said 2017, I thought, jeepers, <laughs> I could still be in this. So, um, yeah, I just uh, feel very fortunate to... There's obviously lots of players that have gone before us that have missed out on this opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I'm just so grateful that I've been able to sneak in and hopefully get to play a few more years. Who did the young Mel Hickey have on... Uh Whose number did you have on the back of your jumper growing up? Yeah, it was always 18. Um, that was my dad's number, so um, he's a big hero of mine. So um, yep. always tried to get 18 if I could. <laughs> and it's my date of birth as well, so it always worked quite nicely. 
fair enough. Now, along with uh, Daisy, you're you're one of the most recognisable players, uh, both at the club and in the competition more broadly. I think I've seen your your face on posters advertising. Is it Fernwood Fitness? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> how, how comfortable are you in the spotlight and uh, taking on that role of being uh, well a role model um, to the thousands of young girls uh, who who love footy? Yeah, I think it's something um, like anything. The more and more exposure you get to, the, the more you probably get used to it. Um, I think it's something I've, I've probably enjoyed doing a little bit more is, um, I guess, doing a little bit of media and, um, I mean, any opportunity to go and chat to those um, sort of younger girls, like a, like I said, that 10 or 11-year-old me kind of looks into their eyes and, and, and sees that and um, sees the excitement and the... I mean, they've all got a, a genuine passion for the game as well, so they're looking up at you thinking, wow, that could be me one day, so... Um, it's something I take with great responsibility and, and um, yeah, I do realise that, that they really are watching every step so you you want to make sure that you're, um, yeah, living and, and breathing um, good values and, and things that they um, are going to mirror. So I, I know that I probably as a young girl didn't have a lot of strong female role models um, that I could look up to, particularly in the media. So, um and obviously not, not so much on the sporting field. So, it's yeah, it's pretty special to be able to be that for, for this yep. next generation. So is it at the level where you have people stopping you in the street? Do you have young girls or even young boys, for that matter, coming up to you and asking for your autograph? Uh, have you hit that level yet? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, at, at the games and stuff, it was, it was pretty surreal after getting selfies and having people ask you to sign your card or your badge, but um, not, not in the street. I think Daisy gets that. <laughs> She's a bit more... Um, more known than I am, but um, hasn't got to that stage, so I can still sort of um, <laughs> be pretty anonymous, which is nice. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. It might not last too much longer. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, you so. seem to be the consummate professional uh, in terms of your preparation. Um, just judging by your Instagram account, you live, <laughs> uh, eat and breathe footy, uh, you always seem to be in the gym or exercising in one form or another. Uh, you eat all the right foods. Is that something you've always done or have you stepped it up a level um, with the with Yeah, the I probably have, have definitely amped it up. I've always been someone that has really enjoyed sort of physical exercise and, and feeling strong and, um, and feeling fit. I used to play a lot of netball and, yeah, I definitely sort of put my all into that. But I think just my education around it's probably increased over the years and just having exposure to this sort of elite environments I've learnt so much probably in particular over the last couple of years so um, just learning about how much it really is about those one percenters and um, on game day they all really do contribute and footy's just that much more fun when you're fit and you can um, get to more contests and, and touch the ball more so if I could be doing little things um, to yeah to contribute to that to, to make the game more enjoyable then um, I'm happy to do that, and I guess they don't really feel like sacrifices when you're when you're doing what you love. Um, I've definitely enjoyed having a bit of a break and been eating some treats sort of <laughs> since the season stopped. But um, yeah, I think I've always been someone that, that I guess tries to get the best out of myself. So I feel like doing those things gives me the confidence that I'm preparing, and um, yeah, that my body's ready to go. Come come when the game starts. 
So yeah. the other thing that we've uh, noticed uh, from your social media uh, presence is that you're a coffee addict. And I, th- I think... Oh, I thought snob, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think the, the most important question we'll probably ask you tonight is uh, who makes the best brew in Melbourne? Um, I've got a little local one here in Brunswick um, called Kynes Coffee. So just on Hope Street in Brunswick, I'll give them a plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're probably my favourite. Followed closely by Code Black. They do a really nice coffee too. Nice. But don't we're very spoiled for choice. I mean, you could go to any suburb really and and get a good one. But um, I'm kind of person that if I don't if I don't know, I can't quite trust the place. I will just go without. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, what do you do outside of footy? How do you unwind away from the game and all that professional time that you put into preparing yourself? Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, going out for brunch and catching up with friends is, is a way I really enjoy. I like good food too, so kind of going out for dinner with, with mates. And um, my older sister's just had a little baby, so that's been really nice. Um, there's, there's something about being around a, a really young child. You're so present when you're with them and um, so absorbed with um, with what they're doing. So um, that's been really nice. Yeah, friends and family like going for walks and movies, just the, the normal kind of boring things <laughs> so back to sort of the the footy stuff like how, how has the support been uh from the melbourne football club um uh has there been much interaction if any uh with the men's team and their football department and support staff like how's how's that uh, that combination worked well between the men's and the women's yeah i think we're so lucky that Obviously, Melbourne have been involved since 2013 with the exhibition games, so I feel like we've had a bit of a head start on some of the other clubs because, yeah, I mean, it, I feel like we really are quite integrated with the men's team and um, whatever they've got, we've got um, as much as can sort of be physically done with, with a semi-professional environment. But um, they've just, yeah, as I said, just been so genuine and um, I'm fortunate I work a couple of days a week at the club as well, so I get to see... Um, like Simon Goodwin will always say hello to you and ask you how you're going every time you see him and you just sort of feel that um, genuine support from, from them as well. And I mean, I guess we don't have a lot of crossover with the boys given they, they're they a bit sort of um, out of there at four or five o'clock um, and we're, we're, we're probably starting around then. So there wasn't yeah. a whole heap of crossover. But we had um, Max Rook come down to a couple of sessions with um, as a... Old Cats fan, obviously, I was pretty pretty excited by that, and he did a bit of tackling work with us, which was which was phenomenal. I learnt yeah so much, and um, also had Jade Rawlings and Brendan McCartney. So yeah, we were I've been really fortunate to have um, a lot of support from them, and I know Mick um, Stenier, our coach, he he sits in amongst the, um, all those coaches, so he gets a lot of support as well. So I have no doubt that that filters down to to our team. So. Um, yeah, I probably couldn't speak any more highly of the club in, in what they've done for us. Who are the players that you look up to most, um, both in the uh, in both competitions, um, the men's and the women's? And is there someone other than, uh, uh, obviously, um, uh, Reg Hickey and the other great Hickey footballers, is there someone whose game you model your own on? Um, I probably like to do a few different pieces of, um, I've been playing a little bit more in the midfield and, and got a little bit more of that towards the end of the season so 
um, I really like watching how Nat Fife goes about his work and he's just so dynamic and um, explosive and um, obviously Alex France is a defender. I've really enjoyed watching him. Um, he's just <laughs> so phenomenal how he, he reads the play and anticipates and has that um, yeah that courage to obviously leave his player to, to impact. Yeah. Um, I love Jack Viney, how he goes about his footy as well. So I think it's yeah it's pretty pretty awesome to be able to sort of pick and choose little different elements and, and watch different parts of different players. Um, probably growing up, being a Cats fan, Gary Ablett Senior was, was probably someone that I um, I definitely looked up to and had a big poster of him on my wall. Um, in the women's game, obviously Daisy's phenomenal and um, you just sort of see there's no, um, no doubt why she's one of the best players in the competition. She just works so hard and she's in there watching vision and watching the ruck tats of who we're coming up against and um, also works really hard on the track. So she's someone I've been very fortunate enough to play a lot of football with. So um, I've always looked up to her. Um, and then probably Katie Brennan, who plays for the Bulldogs. She's someone that I play with at Darabin and just her professionalism and um, I've learned a lot about preparation and recovery and that sort of thing and um, just... Yeah, as I said, making those sacrifices and doing those one percenters. So, yeah, pretty um, pretty fortunate that there's there's a whole bunch of talent out there that you can can um, look up to and aspire to be. So, yep. so looking looking to the future, um, how quickly can the competition grow and can the talent pool sustain an increase in the number of teams? Like, is it too early for the competition to expand at this stage? Yeah, it's funny we're having a conversation today about that actually I'm probably of the opinion that we maybe want to consolidate for another year and just um just allow the the clubs that have already got the licenses to to get things I know that some of the other clubs maybe haven't got it as right as what Melbourne has so maybe give them another year to to work on some of those things and um give them I mean it'd be it'd be pretty um tough to disrupt I don't because depending on where where the teams come from, but it'd be pretty um, disruptive to a team like a, the core team if they then added another two teams. You'd have to sort of split split everyone up a little bit more again. So, um, yeah, I'm yeah, I guess I'm of the opinion keep it keep it for eight um, for next season, and then probably 2019 you look at bringing in one or two. Um, apparently, the sort of under 18 crop or the 18 year olds are just sort of coming through um, are absolute jets. So. Um, it's just going to be amazing when when people like Jazz Grierson, who was one of our rising stars this year, when she's sort of 24 and has been playing for six years and then all the girls coming through have, have come through all those talent pathways and, and probably played since they were 10, 11, 12. The, um, yeah, the, the, the type of athletes and the product we're going to have is just going to be phenomenal. Do you think, uh, and just look, uh, we're really grateful that you've been able to come on the show tonight and spend so much time with us. Uh, two no last, two last questions for you. Uh, do you would you prefer to see a final series rather than just the one game at the end of the year? <laughs> I've, I've um, deliberated about this because I know that if I had finished one or two, I probably would have a different answer. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It it made for the I think it made the season very interesting and very hard in terms of you you really felt that pressure to perform every week and I mean I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to have lost the first couple and then 
to feel like you, you can't make it what that would have been like. So um, it was kind of good and unique in that way. But um, I think it's just it's a bit unfair and um, to, to miss out on a grand final by a bit of percentage, which might be a couple of goals. It, it seemed like it, um, yeah, it wasn't really fair. So um, I think a final series, maybe just even a 1v4, um, 2v3 straight into the grand final, the winners go yep. straight in. I think that would probably be the best structure. Yep. Uh, the fact that so, you're one of the yeah, club. I don't know if my opinion would be different if we had a <laughs> finish one or two. No, fair enough. The the fact that yeah. you're one of the club's marquee players, does that mean that you'll definitely be a demon again next year and even in the longer term a one-club player? or Because there's some um, doubt about what's going to happen with the lists, isn't there? Yeah, to be honest, it doesn't, I don't think it really assures me anything, but <laughs> um, I think I hope that... Um, that yeah, that it means I've done enough, or that um, we've got a, a good relationship going each way. But um, yeah, it definitely doesn't assure you um, of staying at the club, and we're kind of getting a little bit more information. Obviously, while they're still making a decision about the ninth and tenth teams, um, we yep. we can't um, kind of be assured of whether we're staying or not. So they've kind of pushed back the decision of lists. Um, Retention and that sort of thing till mid-May, so I've got a little bit longer to wait, <laughs> which is an um, ideal, but yeah, I guess we just um, roll with it. So Mel, like, I'm a father of three girls, and as a father of three girls, I just, I, I want to thank you and the rest of the women who play the game, because um, my eldest daughter, she's eight, and at the first game of footy I ever took her to, she sort of asked me, why can't girls play footy? And like, oh. <laughs> I, I've I've tried to raise my girls to not believe that they you know they, they can't do something or more to the point point that they can do anything if they try and yeah. work hard at it. Now she didn't she doesn't really have a desire to play footy as much as I would have loved her to, but uh, it, it, it wasn't until like the AFLW came you know into the mainstream, um, it was on TV and um, in the media um, that I was able to like show her you know that. This, you know, you can do sort of anything. And now that I know that you and the other women, you know, I know you and the other women have been working your ass off for years, but we're now sort of seeing that <laughs> and you're now getting the recognition that you deserve. So this dad of three girls wants to thank you for the struggle that you, you know, oh, you've had to endure. You. So thanks for your hard work. <laughs> I wish, so I wish you all the success in the future and we can't wait to see you and Daisy holding that couple aloft uh, in the not too yeah. distant future. That's what we want. Thank you so much for your kind words. Not a problem. Thank you very, very much for joining us. We really do appreciate it, as do uh, the rest of the uh, Demon Land community. So thank you. No worries, guys. And go deep. Go deep. Absolutely. And good luck for next year, Mel. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much. Uh, We'll chat soon. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. Well, wasn't that uh, awesome? That was... um, that was uh, Demonland's first uh, official interview, and um, I think that um, you know, Mel, going in the future, Mel Hickey is going to be the answer to uh, every pub trivia question about who was Demonland's uh, first official uh, interview. Yes, <laughs> she's uh, look, she's a star. I've, uh, I've thought she's been a star from a distance, and uh, just chatting to her then, um, she really is a great ambassador for. Well, the club and the game. She's very well spoken. Uh, she obviously loves footy. Uh, she clearly loves the club. The fact that she's partly turned her back on the cats 
um, and uh, supports the Ds now. But uh, as you say, for you know, for uh, your daughters and uh, all the young girls out there, um, no better role model is there. Um, yeah, it's fantastic, and I, I actually had another story to to tell Mel. I might uh, send her something over social media, but um, the when we watched, I watched the first game with my daughter, um, and the first goal that was kicked in the game we played against Brisbane, or uh, well, the first Melbourne goal, uh, was by Jazz Grierson. And my daughter's name is Jazz, and you know she got such a kick out of um, you know yep. having. Uh, a footballer that had the same name as her, which you know for years, and there's not many jazzers playing in the uh, playing in the men's uh, comp. So uh, she got a real kick out of that, and you know it's um, you know something she'll remember forever. So uh, yeah, yep. Well, fingers crossed, uh, we get to keep Mel because uh, she obviously wants to stay at the club, and she, uh, as I said, she's a great player and an even better ambassador. Yeah, for I, uh, for the game. I was not aware that um, uh, that that the band could be broken up uh, at the end of this year and we start with a whole new team. Uh, that's sort of devastating to me. Um, uh, yeah, and it, um, yeah, it wouldn't be good, would it? Because the girls have, uh, you know, they've uh, gelled, um, learned together and played together and it's started to really gel. You start from uh, scratch saw, next year. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd have to sort of start from scratch again. So that wouldn't be ideal. And I've got to say I agree with her about uh, just um, consolidating for the moment. No need to expand the competition yet. Give it uh, another, uh, at least another year, if not two or three, uh, before we think about growing it any further. Well, you'd have um, to you'd have to think that the next club. I reckon Geelong would be itching to get a club out there, and as would Hawthorne. Um, yeah, I heard so. the other day that Geelong and I think it might have been Richmond had yeah. put really strong cases together mm. to come in next year, but uh, I don't think we can really afford to dilute the talent um, any further at this stage. Yeah. So, uh, well, I think yeah, at the beginning well, of the year that, that dilution of talent was probably more evident, but then I think as the, ga- as, as the teams got to play uh, with each other, you know, the teams sort of played uh, more with, with each other, they sort of gelled a little bit more. So towards the end of the year, I definitely thought the, the skills were a lot uh, smoother across the board. So, um, yeah, you think if you yeah. added two extra teams, then, and then that could uh, make, you know, some of the, the quality suffer. But, um, yeah, I was quite impressed with I what mean, I saw. We saw the difference, didn't we, between the exhibition games of previous years and this competition and the exhibition games it was basically a Melbourne v Bulldogs. It was an all-star game. Oh, it was, wasn't yeah. It? Yeah, and then you uh, sort of split all those players into all the various teams. And um, yeah, you know. I mean, we lost Taylor Harris, we lost Ellie yep. Blackburn, and yep. they're some of the uh, some of the best going around. So um, yeah, leave it uh, leave it where it is for the moment. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, well, you know, once again, thank you to Mel Hickey for for joining us, and um, yeah. Um, well, on that note, we'll uh, we'll get back to uh, what we were talking about. <laughs> back to depression, uh, depression session. Um, yep. <laughs> so the game, we uh, yeah, we were well and truly in it uh, up until three quarter time, and uh, one of the um, one of the things that disappointed me most, um, even up till three quarter time, was the fact that we had dominated the inside fifties and. Um, we just—I don't know what's wrong. We just can't seem to to st- our conversion 
uh, from inside fifties to scoring is is just um, is you know pretty pretty bad at the moment. Well, we had a heap of it in the forward line uh, um, early on in the Richmond game, and as you say, we couldn't convert. We had all that play and uh, just well hardly scoring, let alone converting. Um, but I'm not too fussed about it at this stage. I think there there's two things. One, sometimes it just doesn't click properly, um, and I think that sort of happened the other night. If you have a look at our scoring over the season, um, I think the Richmond game was the lowest score that yep. we've kicked all year, and yep. that was still 11-9. And it was uh, wet. It was uh, wet. 75, and that's a decent score in the wet. Yeah. So... Um, in spite of the fact that we're not capitalising fully, we're still kicking a decent score. So once it does click, we're going to be kicking very healthy scores. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, probably the the um, greater factor in all of that is the fact that the forward line um, has almost been dysfunctional for most of the year. Uh, we missed Jesse for two weeks We've missed Jack now for three, um, or for um, uh, for two and a bit, and uh, Smith obviously was off early the other night. So um, the forward line's been a mess structurally um, because most of its key players haven't been there at one time or yeah. another, and things go out of shape when that happens. Um, I've got to say, I thought. Um, and I saw this on telly last night, but I noticed it during the game too. I thought Jesse was playing too far up the ground um, in the second half. Uh, Watts was already in the ruck by that stage, and too often I saw him gather the ball uh, up on the wing or even around half-back on occasions, and then uh, you know he'd pass it off, and we had no one to go forward to because Jesse was up the ground. Um, and the only uh, the two that were left back in the square there was a uh, Christian Petraka on one leg, who performed uh, valiantly despite his yeah. injury, and and Jeffy was there too. But um, I thought just with Jack missing and That's Smith off the ground, thing. Jesse needed to stay a bit closer to home mm. uh, just to give us that shape um, and straighten us up. But um, yeah, he seemed to play his usual. Again, sort of wandering far and wide. So I, I guess that was to instruction, yeah. or, or you can only presume it was to instruction. Yeah. Um, one one thing that I did take heart from was the fact that um, even prior, even uh, prior to Spencer getting injured, and even after he was getting injured, um, we weren't really getting the tap outs. If you look at the tap out stats, but we were still dominating. Well, I thought clearances and and that. So, the fact that we don't have a dominating ruckman at the moment, um, I don't think is the thing that's being as damaging to us now. Certainly, in the last quarter when Jack was spent, probably that cost yep. us. We didn't have really anyone to back up, and maybe with Peterson coming in, um, that that will alleviate that. But I think it's we can take some heart from the fact that we're we're still getting the ball out of, out of the middle, and still still um, you know that's not damaging us. At the moment, yeah, I thought that too. I thought Spencer was getting beaten yeah, he before was. he went off, but uh, Clearance Clarence, of course, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, turning on his usual tricks. Yep, um, and he was just sensational again, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he got coaches' votes again this week, thoroughly deserved. Yeah, and uh, just... uh, arguably with Hibbard was uh, 
um, was was close to sort of BOG, probably. Yeah. I'm going to call it and say that once we have a, a season where we're winning a lot of games, if, if that ever comes to fruition, uh, the kid's going to win a Brownlow medal because um, you know, if he's getting coaches' votes in, in, um, in games we're losing, imagine you know if we win 16-plus games a year. <laughs> we could only hope for that in the future. But if we do, this kid's going to uh, factor into that. Yeah, he's uh, he's already playing at a very high level, um, and uh, yeah, it can only go up. I got a, a text from a Carlton supporting mate uh, during the game, and he said, um, uh, "Conversation over Cripps v Oliver is over. Your boy really? has ours covered. Mm. Your boy has ours covered by a long way." Wow, interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, but, you know, I might have rose-coloured glasses on. Well, I, um, I say interesting just from the Carlton supporters' perspective because they speak very highly of Cribs and, uh, yeah. They don't, uh... This one's one of the more rational ones. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, yeah, I think, um, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that at the moment. Oliver uh, looks like he's going to be possibly the best mid in the competition um, in the future, so... Uh, he's just so good to watch um, at the moment. Uh, it would be interesting to see whether he can uh, maintain this intensity for the year. Um, you know, he's still uh, he's still young um, and hasn't had, uh, you know, those years of pre-seasons built in, so maybe he'll tire and fade a bit as the season goes on, but uh, he'd be absolutely romping it in. Uh, in the bluey at the moment, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, he'd be... Uh, Along uh, with Jaden Hunt, I guess. I think the the betting has been suspended uh, on that one uh, very <laughs> yeah. early on. I think he could not play another game for the year and probably still take it out. Uh, Jaden Hunt, yeah, he's another one uh, we can talk about. I, I think he's really starting to hit his strides and um, that runoff half-back and, you know, he's just lightning quick. Uh, no one can He's an exciting him. machine, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I, I had a Geelong support a friend speak to me the next day saying this kid is a champion um you know he, he talked brownlow about him like i said no i don't think he's the type of player that would win a brownlow he's more of a type of player that would win a, a norm smith medal he's uh you know that type of player um but yeah the, he, he's exci- he's very exciting and that that goal he kicked on the run was beautiful yep yep and very timely too mm-hmm. and uh I mean, he just, he, you know, talk about line breakers um, and providing dash off half-back, and that's exactly what he does. Um, I think he's still got room to improve. Yep, yep I agree. His, his disposal's gotten better, mm-hmm. um, but it, uh, there's still room to improve that, so um, I'm sure he's still working on his game, um, and, uh, yeah, will only only get better and better, but... Um, He's for such a young kid. He's he's been pretty consistent, hasn't he? Since he came in last year, um, uh, he's he's really been a consistent performer and even one who's just steadily improving his game. I think um, so. Really exciting stuff. Yeah, um, and the other player off half back that really impressed me for it was his uh, first gamer, or well, first gamer for us, um, Michael Hibbard. Uh, I thought he had a fantastic game and welcome addition to the team. He was sensational, wasn't he? Yeah. He got to the right spots. Uh, he was really clean with the footy. We, um, 
you know, we'd heard so much about his penetrating left foot kick. We saw that in action. He hit up targets at distance. He kicked a ripping goal on the run um, at an important time. And uh, you couldn't have asked for a better, uh, um, a better, better debut, really. Um, uh, that's what we thought. Well, that's what we hoped we'd get in Hibbard, and he delivered. So, if there's more of that to come, uh, bring it on because he was uh, he was sensational the other night. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, again, you know, is he going to sort of run out of puff um, as the season goes on? Um, Worsfold was saying Essendon players had hit the wall last week. Well, they didn't look like they'd hit the wall in yesterday's game. So no, I guarantee uh, they won't hit the wall when we play them next week. So. Yeah, <laughs> it could have just been um, the coach, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, trying to play some games with um, with Collingwood. Yep, it's yep. um, a typical coach speak um, for that type of thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, what about, uh, there's some of the better performers. We yes. should mention Jack Watts again. I thought he um, battled uh, battled valiantly in the ruck. Yeah, um, I mean, what can you, you know, he's out of his, his depth. I mean, um, he's doing a great job, but, you know, he's not a ruckman. And, he uh, was absolutely rooted yeah. in the last quarter. Yeah, you could tell. Uh, great goal that he kicked um, in the, was it the first quarter? Um, yeah, he, he's a superb uh, kick for goal. Um, yeah, for, he's the guy you want if you're f- he's fifty meters out. On siren goes on grand final. Well, I think day. he was even a bit further out. Yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah, he was fifty five. Yeah, by the time he um, kicks it, yeah, it was a ripping kick though. So, so he's the guy you you know you've always got one guy in your team that you want with the ball fifty five out grand final day. Siren goes five points down. He's the guy. There's no yep. one else in the team that that you'd want to kick that. Um, some of the players who aren't going as well, um, yeah, and there have, there have been threads on them this week during Demon Land, uh, 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 threads during this week uh, on Demon Land. Oh, wait, before, before you start, I might just give the phone number if people do want to call and talk about this and any other topics just before we start that, uh, 0390163666. We lost... Um, We lost uh, Great Final. I'll have to uh, get him back. He might have lost uh, internet connection. Uh, you, yes. Are you back? We lost you for a second. Yep. We lost My you for a second. No, no, no. That's all right. It, and it started playing uh, up there because as soon as you went out, it started playing my iTunes uh, thing and up there because Ailey Lucky, it wasn't uh, Adele or something like that. And then I would have truly <laughs> been embarrassed. Um, so if, if anyone wants to give us a call uh, on this topic or any other topics, there's uh, two ways you can get us 0390163366 or you can Skype us at Demonland31. Um, Yes, uh, you were saying the players that have been uh, disappointing us. Uh, well, Dom Tyson's struggling at the moment, I think. Um, we've seen this before uh, where he's had a slow start to the year, um, injuries in pre-season, and then he builds up and seems to get better as the year goes on. But um, he's, yeah, I think he's uh, struggling a bit at the moment. And I just Do we see his best... Often enough, when when he's at his best, he's a great player. We know that he's a, a great mid. Um, he can get forward and kick goals. Uh, but I just 
we don't see it often enough, do we? Oh, we haven't or seen do it. We? Haven't seen it at all this year. Last year he was sort of on and off. I think he started slow and sort of got better as the year went on. And the year before that, he had a great, great year. But uh, no, we're not seeing it enough at the moment. And um, you know, if if sort of. Uh, injuries weren't such a huge issue. I'd be uh, sending him straight back to the the twos at the moment. Um, but you know, when sort of maybe not be in that position to sort of uh, do that. Um, but maybe so. We've got uh, a lot of those type of mid players. That's not really where our injuries are, are at the moment. Um, depending on how serious injuries to to Petraka and um, and Viney are. But yeah, I would say. Um, Maybe he needs uh, to, to earn his spot. Is it just? Is it the fact? Is it the? Do we put it to down to the injuries and the lack of a preseason, or is he perhaps just not as good as we hoped? Um, is he just a re, you know a good midfielder and never going to be a great midfielder? Well, we've seen the good, so I think consistency is is the key. Um, you know, uh, we've seen good. And we've seen good over a consistent period. It's just finding that consistency again and, and doing it. I think he is good. I just, he's, you know, well, I don't know what it is. He doesn't have his mojo at the moment. Yep. Yep. No, he's, uh, um, some of the turnovers are just, they look really ordinary. Um, just, uh, yeah, um, really struggling at the moment. I thought, um, and he's, I think he's had a pretty good year to date, but there was a patch in the middle of the game uh, the other night where Nathan Jones turned it over about five or six times in a row. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there, there was just a sequence of possessions that he had. It might have even been over two quarters, um, or maybe it was in the one quarter. Um, I haven't watched the replay, um, so forgive me for being vague, yeah. but... He just seemed to go through this horror patch where every time he touched the ball, um, it, it ended up in Richmond's hands. He he, so. he had his worst game in terms of disposal and not hitting targets I've ever seen him play. Um, you know, uh, I mean, there's been times when he might not have been able to get the ball for one reason or another in other games, yep. but this game, he just, every time he got it, he really was costing us. Um, uh, it wasn't even not hitting targets; he was hitting Richmond targets. So. Yeah, yeah, it was just bizarre. Yeah, um, I don't know. Look, he probably just had an off yeah, night. I think so. Um, I'm be calling for his head just yet. Um, no, it, no. But, um, look, he's uh, been a very consistent player, but yeah. um, uh, a few very uncharacteristic errors the other night. Yeah. Um, there's is there still a question mark on Milksham? Um, he. I don't think his tackle numbers were high the other night, but uh, I think he, uh, um, from memory, up on the scoreboard, he was doing really well in terms of inside 50s Mm -hmm. and perhaps rebound 50s as well. I I, um, I didn't mind his game. I I haven't been as critical as others have of him. Um, I would like to see more better, you know, him do better, but I I don't think he was our worst contributor the other night. I thought another person who looked a little bit lost on the night uh, was uh, Jay Kennedy Harris. Um, I know, first game back, a little bit wet conditions and stuff like that, but he was uh, dropping chess marks left, right and centre. I think he took a nice mark later in the game or something. But, uh, well, he took one really courageous yeah, mark yeah. where he had to stand in the middle under of the ground, and, yeah. and he, he yeah. got crunched. Yeah, yeah. But other, but, th- um, other than that, he looked absolutely lost. Um, 
Yeah, he didn't didn't have a great game. I don't know whether um, you give him a few extra games to, to find it, uh, but if he continues on that way, he's not going to find it easy to get back in that team. I mean, the knock on Kennedy Harris is that he just doesn't have that standout trait. Um, he's not super quick no. for someone his size, um, and his skills are okay, but they're not, you know, he's not sort of a silky smooth player. Um I guess and this sort of brings in a couple of other players who are in a similar sort of boat um, because JKH, I think he was had the most tackles on the ground for the night or perhaps the most tackles for for Melbourne yeah. uh, with uh, with seven. Okay. And, um, and that puts him alongside James Harms and Alex Neil Bullen, um, also two players who maybe they had not, great offensively, but they seem to be doing mm. what's required of them defensively. I think it might have been Neil Bullen that had the game high tackles. Okay. Um, and again, we saw Neil Bullen oh, make yeah, some... Terrible, uh, terrible Make kick. some terrible <laughs> mistakes. Um, the one right on the halftime was, yeah, um, yeah you know, really hurt. Um, but uh, whether it's due to sort of uh, the injuries at the moment or the fact that as I say, that they're meeting their defensive KPIs in terms of pressure and tackling, because uh, you can't question them on that front. No. Um, hmm. Yep, it's it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, ideally, you want players that are doing both, don't you? I mean, it's not enough just to be doing the defensive thing. Um, Nibbler and Harms, if they're going to be up forward, they need to get on the scoreboard, don't they? It's or, or set up. Uh, goals and that's just not happening at the moment. Yeah, well, uh, I think Harms probably plays forward more than uh, Nibbler does at the moment. So Harms has really got to start, um, you know, having some scoreboard pressure. Otherwise, he's also one that might uh, be staring at uh, a few weeks down at Casey. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, uh, there was uh, what, what, one other thing. Uh, that I wanted to bring up that's just eluding me at the moment. I might have to just go to my notes. Um, so was there anyone else Anyone else you were disappointed with from the game? No, I thought Jack Viney played a better game, or he certainly started really well. But uh, he looked to have – very. was it on his knee? Very heavy strapping. Yeah, so, so do we know what the st- – we can perhaps uh, uh, jump into our uh, mounting injury list at the moment, but do we know what the status of Petraka and Jack Viney are at the moment? Well, I think Petraka was meant to go in for scans, but the initial the initial word was that he'll be right to go for this week. Yep. Um, he played really well considering yeah. uh, considering the injury, didn't he's, he? I mean, he... Yeah. I also had a couple of non-Melbourne supporting mates, um, which was, you know, it was great that our game was sort of the highlight, highlight uh, you know, was a, was a, was one of those games that was on, you know, a prime time sort of game. So a lot of yep. non-Melbourne supporters got to sort of see us for the first time. Um, and I had a, someone tell me that, uh, you know, someone who I sort of respect their opinion on footballers, just, you know, getting to actually see Petraka play and, you know, also said Kid's going to be a star, which is no surprise to any of us, but uh, nice to get some validation uh, from other people. Mm, yep. Um, yeah, so you said uh, scans for him. Um, 
Yeah, uh, but uh, look, he um, he's just he's so solid and strong. Um, it's hard to move him off the ball, and we saw him sort of just really um, cement himself into the ground and uh, really stay strong and take a few yeah, really strong marks the other night. So, marks, yeah. Um, I thought he did really well uh, under the circumstances. So hopefully. Um, uh, hopefully he'll be right for this weekend because we certainly need him. Yeah, we really don't want to be making four injury changes <laughs> uh, this week. So uh, hopefully he and um, Jack Viney uh, are cleared of any uh, damage. But uh, the one, just that... be- yeah, go ahead. Yep, I was just going to say just before we go into the injury list, um, something I heard on radio earlier tonight, and I think the thread's been started about it on the board. Uh, Zach Jones is out of contract at the end of the year. Yep. Is he someone we'd be interested in? Would uh, he add would he add anything to our midfield? Well, I think I think our midfield is pretty good um at the moment. Um and if we can make changes I'd be going after sort of well, whether I don't know whether we can get an A grader, but I'd be sort of pushing for, for A grade uh quality. Jones is quality. Jones is an A grade, is he? Zach Jones. No, no. no. He's a good footballer, but uh, I think he's got limitations. Well, if people say that uh, our Nathan Jones is an A grade, well, then Zach Jones is not Nathan Jones, and uh, you know, he's had a good start to the year, and he had a decent grand final, but uh, he's neither super quick nor super skilled. So I think he's just a little bit in the middle, um, rather than sort of being being great. So. Um, yeah, I'd prefer we we stick, stay away from the whole brother <laughs> getting someone because they're they're brothers. Well, people like it for that romantic notion, don't they? That um, uh, they like sort of a good story that way. So you know, I suppose it has uh, you know that has some emotional merit. Um, but um, it's only beneficial when you don't have the good good brother that you want to bring the brother. Yeah. Over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Fair enough. And. <laughs> Just on on brothers and fathers and daughters and sons, and we were talking about, uh, we talked to Mel Hickey before, Um, between the the women's and the men's team, we've got a Cordner, we've got a Mithen, and we've got a Hickey. Now, two out of those three names are great Melbourne names, of course, and Hickey's a famous footballing name. And obviously in the uh, the men's team, we've got uh, Wiedemann, also uh, not a yep. Melbourne name, but a famous football name. Viney, Stretch and Smith. So that's seven um, sons, daughters, granddaughters, relatives, um, did you offspring mean, in some way. Did you mention Joel Smith? Yep. Oh, you did. Okay. Yep, and Smith. Yep. Um, and that's just great, isn't it, that um, uh, this legacy of champions of the game, um, we've got so many... Uh, uh, so many of the next generation, um, all at the club. Yeah, at the one time, it's fantastic. It's um, you know that's you know passing on the torch. So um, yeah. Yep. Uh, injuries uh, mounting could be worrying. Uh, so you know we've got the seasons. We've got uh, Colin Garland out for the season. Maxie's still eleven weeks away. As as is um, Joel Smith. And uh, we add a couple more to uh, the thing. Spencer, six to seven weeks. That's going to be um, it's going to be a long six to seven weeks, um, and it's probably could even be longer. I mean, 
He's done his shoulder uh, surgery. Is that I believe he's going to have to have some surgery. Yep. So yeah, uh, I don't know if we're going to see him back before you know before an eight week at least, and then he's probably got to get some fitness back. But you can't help but feel sorry for him. Yeah. Uh, you know he's toiled yep. on the list for so long. He's been the bridesmaid to Max for so long, and then bang, uh, he gets his opportunity. Uh, in the number one slot and, um, you know, suffers a long-term, uh, if, well, maybe not long-term, med- between medium and long-term injury. So uh, footy can be a cruel cruel business sometimes, can't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So you can talk about changes this week because obviously Jordan Lewis comes straight back in. He's uh, no longer suspended. He comes yep. in uh, without a doubt. Uh out. Smith, Smith, and Spencer go out. Uh, so Smith, Tim Smith goes out. Spencer goes out. I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, Cam Peterson has to come in for for, for uh, Spencer. Um, I don't think we're going to go with uh, Max King or Filipovich. Not sure what uh, yep. how you pronounce his name. The flip. Uh, well, Max King's. Did he play this week? I'm not, I'm not sure, but I know he's cleared he was cleared to play i'm not sure if he did play he did i think he did yes he did play he did play he did play and i think he went all right okay but but you can't sort of bring him in it's it's throwing no chance it's throwing him into the deep end particularly when he's still in the not the recovery stage but the you know just getting back to conditioning he's still young yeah yeah. he's still young and uh uh yeah i think i would have thought that that's no chance of happening and is filipovich is he in the twos of the casey so I'm not sure. So I don't think it's going to be either of those no. two to come in. So what are our choices? We either get st- well, obviously uh, Watts stays in <laughs> in the ruck. Um, I don't think they're going to. We need sort of Frost in the back line. I don't think we can uh, interchange. You know, do uh, Watts and Frost um, as the two lone ruckmen. I think you have to bring in Peterson. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, I agree. But does uh, look. The names that are, would be in the mix, and this is I'm just summing up what I've read uh, on the boards this week, all the different options, and some of them are very left field. But there's Watts, there's Peterson, uh, Frost, Tommy Mack, um, King, uh, Oscar Mack, um, or nobody. Um, just play to, know, play to yes. their Yes, well, then look... Uh, um, Wiedemann is another one, I suppose, or and or Hogan. Um, if we bring Peterson in, can we also play Wiedemann? And that means we've got the three tall forwards um, all the time with Peterson and Watts uh, exchanging in the ruck. Peterson doing the bulk of it and then Watts giving him a chop out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I... I, I... I think it's got to be, it's got to be, you got to have a, a ruckman. You've got to have Watts and uh, Peterson just changing it up. Yeah, but do you have then another tall forward so that... Yeah, I think you do. I, I think you do have to have another. We're, I, I, I think with, so does, someone's got to replace Wiedemann Smith. come back, yeah? Well, I guess it's got to be Wiedemann because we're sort of running out of... Uh, they sort of brought uh, Smith in for Wiedemann. I think you've got to switch them out. Ideally, I would like Wiedemann still to, uh, you know, play. A, I'd like him to develop in the resis, but obviously with the injuries we've got, that can't happen. So um, 
we have to, you know, make hay, well, not, not even make hay while the sun shines because the sun certainly isn't shining, but we, we have to bring him in. Um, it's unfortunate, but um, he comes in and then you, you uh, maybe you, you switch the three around and, uh, you know, because I'd still like Watts to be playing up forward a little bit, but obviously he can't play ruck and forward. He has to have a break. So he might have to rotate uh, three guys out of there. Yep. Uh, Frost, I don't think, is my first option to have in the ruck. Uh, no. The first of the, you know, to relieve in the ruck because I don't. I think he looked even more lost in the ruck than um, yep. than anyone else. So um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, a tough one. So we, we definitely got. Uh, I think Peterson's got to come in. Jordan Lewis come in. Um, perhaps another forward, say Wiedemann. So out goes Spencer. Out goes Smith. Um, does someone get dropped? And if so, who? Do you do you drop one of the small forwards like um, Jake Jake does H? Kennedy Kennedy Harris? Yeah, look, it's hard to tell. The selections have been a bit interesting this year. So well, we, Simon Goodwin is anything but predictable. <laughs> um, and look, I ideally, I'd like. I think I'd. I'm a, I was a JKH fan. It wasn't um, all that all that bold over the other night, but I'm a Kent fan too, and I'd probably put Kent ahead of uh, Kennedy Harris just because of his speed. But by all accounts, he didn't have a great game uh, for Casey, um, and there's been a lot of speculation that his defensive work, um, and you can have a look at his tackle count, um, is the reason why he wasn't in the side on the weekend. So does Kent, uh, does Kent come in for uh, Kennedy Harris? Um, Tommy Bug had a went back to the twos, yeah, had a blinder. great game, yeah. uh, had a great game obviously on the weekend. But some people I see often on Demon Land in the Casey threads that such and such is in such good form he has to come back in. Mm. I don't subscribe to that theory that just because a player is playing well in the twos that you then have to put them in to the seniors. I mean, you only make changes if it suits the team's overall purpose and structure. You can't just, you can't reward a player every time he plays well um, with, uh, with, you know, promotion to the senior side. So um, you got to think about the team balance, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just uh, replying. Someone uh, messaged me through, um, through Skype, asking if they can call through, and uh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, uh, let me just write uh, yes, please. Uh, yeah, call us. Uh, you can call two ways: zero three nine zero one six three triple six or Demonland thirty one on Skype. Uh, you don't need to ask me if you can call in; just uh, give a call. Um, if uh, I don't pick up straight away, it's because we're either in the middle of a conversation or I didn't see the call, so keep trying. Um, and if I pick you up but don't say hello, just wait till we say you're on the air. And, uh, yes, we do have a caller, so we'll go take that call. Good evening. You are on the air. Who am I talking to? Uh, you're talking to Colin B. Flaubert again. Ah, oh, yes, Flaubert. That's right. I, I was calling you Fla- Flaubert the other week. Yes, after yes. The, I, I apologise. <laughs> so we're, we're, not, about, we're not particularly cultured here, mate, Colin. We're not particularly cultured. We're, we're not particularly cultured here, so you'll have to excuse errors like that. <laughs> oh well, don't worry. It actually came from. It's a Tism reference by name. Ah, well, I can see by your avatar that that would be yes. the case. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, and also a reference back to Colin Garland. So, yes, with his first um, nickname at the club being Humphrey. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Ah, very good. Very good. Very clever. <laughs> so, yes, well, I, I, I try my best. I'm not always successful, but I do try my best. Very good. Were you, at the, were you at the crowd for the Anzac Eve game, Colin? Well, one's, I'll, ah. I'll interject a minute because uh, Grapevine, if you would have listened to our emergency uh, Demonland podcast after the game, you would have heard. Uh, I was going to ask Collins. you about this because I saw the post in reference to it, and I couldn't tell whether you were being serious or not. Um, and I certainly was in in, in any state <laughs> to talk to anyone post game. On uh, um, on Monday night, so well that that was my that was my whole uh, mine was like a sort of a it was like talking to a psychologist. I needed to get on the <laughs> air just to, to, to vent to someone just to because vent. my wife obviously uh, doesn't mm. care enough to the, hear hear me uh, whinge about the demons. So uh, yeah, um, mm. Colin is uh, yeah you're you are in Japan. Am I correct? Yes, I am in Japan as we speak. So there, that's and what are you doing over there? Um, I actually came over here for love, believe it or not. My uh, wife is Japanese, so um, I came over here. I, I'm actually teaching, I guess. I'm doing the fairly traditional route at the moment. So, yeah, but hopefully from next year I'll be doing something different. And do you get to watch matches either through the AFL or on telly in some some crazy Australian bar there, or how do you, uh, how do you keep abreast of what's going on? Well, how I keep abreast is I have the uh, Watch AFL, um, what do you call it, app. I'm signed up to it, at least, which means that I get Fox Footy over here. So I get to watch the games on that. On, on that. And uh, I guess as far as news, I just keep up with Demon Land and whatever's on the net. Yep. Mm, so, and, yeah. And uh, as I said, uh, Grape Viney, if you would uh, listen to the emergency uh, Demon Land uh, podcast, you would have heard the answers to all of those questions you have just asked. Well, well, maybe I'll t- <laughs> let you take the lead then, so that we're not uh, not repeating ourselves. No, 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 go for it. There, we, we, were, should we be, were very um, depressed that night. So uh. maybe the oh, next actually. time there's maybe the next time there's an emergency podcast, you can put flashing orange lights <laughs> on the homepage so that we know to tune in. Well, I did actually. Um, I did actually put the uh, the the player on all the pages of the website, so it would come mm. up uh, uh, <laughs> to anyone who uh, saw it, who came onto Demonland. And we actually uh, had at one stage over two hundred people listening to me crying about the game, basically. <laughs> so uh, yes. Anyway, it was. Um, I was going to say I actually did promise as well that I would call just to make sure how you see how you were going and it's good to hear that you're in better spirits. Well, yes, uh, time heals all wounds and uh, yeah, the uh, you know, I didn't none of my razor blades were sharp enough, so Well, yeah, I was quite kind of worried when I saw the emergency <laughs> podcast. I guess with the uh, worrying trends occurring in technology these days, I was kind of, you know, bracing myself for the worst for a period there, but it's good to see you got through nonetheless. Yes, it's uh, it's it's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, I was uh, going yes. to ring up and uh, basically discuss a couple of, well, one main thing. I You basically covered a lot of what I was going to talk about with, about with Jack Viney before, but I was going to ask both of you about the expectations of the club moving forward. Now, for me, it feels a little bit, in some ways, a bit like 2011, not with, I guess, the destabilisation of the club off the field, but more so the expectations of where we should be, um, you know, according to the master plan, that 
I feel there's a lot of people, at least when looking at the board at the moment, a lot of people are saying, oh, look, you know, we should be further ahead than this. Um, I'm wondering, you know, should we be a lot more patient moving forward or should we be a lot more demanding of what's actually, you know, should be coming ahead? I'm, I'm sorry, Andy. You, you go, go, you go, and then I'll... I, I, I'm in the patient, um, the patience column. Um, I, a lot of people were very bullish online pre-season and mm. the, common, uh, the common perception seemed to be finals or failure. Mm -hmm. um, mm. I'm not in that boat. Um, mm. uh, look, I'd love us to play finals and it's a possibility, but for me it wasn't the pass mark for this year. Um, mm. just because of the youth and inexperience of the side. Now, people say, I'm sick of hearing that excuse, and each year it's a different excuse, and we've heard youth for so long, but it's, it's a new one. list. Um, you know, Christian Petrarca, uh, Clayton Oliver, these guys weren't around in 2011. We've got a different list. We've got to wipe, um, wipe the slate clean. Um, it's, a, it's a very new team, um, it's taking going to take time for it to gel together. We're seeing that it's coming together. So um, even if we do miss finals this year, um, if they keep playing the way that they have been playing uh, so far, and I think it'll even get better, um, I'm going to be satisfied at the end of the year. And I think we'll get, uh, if not enough to get us into, into the eight, then enough wins to get us close. And I'll be satisfied and I'll consider that um, uh, a pass mark for the year and uh, an improvement, basically. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you can say stuff like, um, you know, the young team isn't an excuse, but do we have any excuse with the injuries that we've yeah. uh, got now, particularly to key personnel? Uh, we had the two suspensions. We had uh, Maxi gone. And mm. we, we could be five and zip at the moment. Mm. We, we were in winnable positions in all three games. Now, we mm. didn't, and that's a worrying sign as well, but it's not the mm. sky is falling. Had we been thumped in all the games, <laughs> in our losing yeah. games, 50 points or more, then then that's worry time, but uh, that's not yeah. happening yet. I think good teams, though, really do find a way to overcome that. If you look at the Dogs last year, they were the yeah. absolute masters of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think one thing we need to really do moving forward is... That this is just uh, my opinion, and you know, some people might jump down my throat. I think sometimes at Melbourne, well, maybe more so amongst the supporter base, there's a feeling of that, you know, once we hit a speed bump, it's all over. And I think, you know, any good organization or, you know, people, and that also includes the people surrounding it, you know, can actually hit those speed bumps and actually use that adversity to make it better. So I think, you know, moving forward, the club would probably need to think, you know, this is a real opportunity. So I think in regards to injuries, you know, it might be an opportunity we just can't see it. Yep, no, that's a fair enough perspective. And mm. I think, uh, I don't know if you caught up with Simon Goodwin's post-game press conference, but I thought he got that. He said, similar to what you said before, that um, uh, the good sides find a way to win in those circumstances. Mm. And I think if you transported this season ahead to next year or the year ahead, so add another 20 or 40 games onto all of our players, I think in three out of three or even two out of the three of the games that we've just lost, in the future we will win those games. We might not have, uh, we might not have it right at the moment, but it'll happen soon enough. Um, and I've got faith that it's going to come together, yeah. 
Yeah. One thing I'm a little worried about as well is something just in regards to selection policy. Um, I guess when I was talking about expectations before, it seems that, you know, we've moved a little bit back to, I guess, you know, what the past, um, I guess, selection policy was, was to play kids maybe before they're ready. Like, I guess the big one for me would be Wiedemann moving forward. And there has been some talk around, and you were saying before as well, about that um, Cam Pedersen should be like, you know, a, a gimme this week. But, you know, it hasn't really been confirmed 100%. Um, so I'm just one thing I'm a little concerned about is that maybe the team's not always being picked on its merits. Like, what do you guys think? Well, you think uh, they're they're picking for development rather than um, mm. rather than necessarily going for the win outright. Not necessarily, no. Um, I think you know the team probably across most lines, um, you know, is picked on a merit. But I think you know there are occasionally a few people you know they've been kind, they've been willing to take a risk on. I'd say I'd say Sam Wiedemann would be a big one. Um, Oscar McDonald yep. probably might be as well. So it seems in those two spots, so I guess you know they're very important spots. They've been willing to take risks on those those particular kinds of kids. Like I wouldn't say it's every single position on the ground, but just particular players. Yep. Um, I think in those cases, you know, that they do sometimes, you know, think of oh, we'll play the kids and give them some time to develop. When I really think, you know, it should all be across every single line. The best person who's got the best form should be there. Yeah, I, I agree, but I think you can do, you can have that, uh, you can, you can have that strategy when you've got a full list. You know, mm. when you've got Max Gorn playing, so he's the number one ruck. Um, mm. You can you can do that because you've got Jack Jack Watts playing in the forward line, so you can have Wiedemann in the team. I think you've got Jack mm. Watts and Jesse, so Wiedemann can sort of be a floater uh, in there and sort of you know uh, cut his teeth. Uh, there, but I think once you've got a few injuries, and you've got to put Jack Watts in the ruck, and you've only got Jesse there, and I don't know, it just. Uh, I think. Do you think that sends a good message culturally? I don't know. I would have personally. I would have had we, um, Peterson in the team from round one. I like him, yeah. and I think he's so. a good, strong body. Uh, I would have had him. So yeah, it's not my it's not my team to play with. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I guess, but I guess we can all have an opinion. Oh, of course, so, yeah. yeah. In my opinion, yeah, is, I'm, uh, I'm a Pedersen fan, but I've been happy with the. Uh, I've been happy with them selecting Wiedemann, and I'm hoping he comes back in this week. Actually, um, okay. I think it's time to, uh, as they did with Oscar last year. I think, yeah, let him have a long stretch at it. As long as Hogan's there, well, particularly with Jesse there, yeah. you know, to cop <clears> the main <throat> attention from the opposition. Um, I think that helps Wiedemann's development. He was lost. And, and helps helps Hogan too. He was lost without uh, Hogan there. I think he, he's probably a better player with Hogan there. It sort of frees That's him up a little bit. I, I also think we do, and I've probably mentioned on a few of the threads, I think we also need, like, you know, that kind of, like, well, Chris Dawes played that role a bit for us as well. The Ox played it for us in 2002. But we do need, like, you know, the big bulky Ford who kind of doesn't put... He puts, he's not the one who puts the cherry on the Sunday, but it's the one who allows everyone to finish off the good work. So I think, you know, that would be the main reason Cam Peterson had been the team. Yeah. Yep. Look, he's had, he's, um, he's had some great cameos um, in the time that he's been at the club. He kicked the winning goal against Carlton um, a few years ago. He was very good in the last quarter against Hawthorne last year. Um, so he's had those little spots where he's really, you know, sort of been important at some crucial times. Um, 
So, look, I've got no doubt he'll get his chance this week and uh, um, the debate about him and, uh, you know, if there's a role for him to play, um, we're gonna gonna get a little bit more evidence. Yeah, if, um, on that question, if he doesn't get a game this week, uh, he's not getting a game. Show <laughs> yeah, is over, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, that's well. it. Yeah, he's not gonna get a game. You know, if he doesn't get a game this week. But you know, the, the uh, ironic thing, well, ironic thing, the good thing, the positive thing is, is that his best ever game was actually his. I think it might have been his first or second game against West Coast and Dean Cox, where they actually had him pinching in the ruck for North Melbourne when they're in a similar situation. So, you know, hope springs eternal. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. so hopefully it'll turn out for the best. But uh, good to hear that you're actually in a lot better shape. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I, I was going to say you were, very, you were very halting last time. That's the best way I could describe it. You know, it was kind of stop, pause, Geez, I really can't believe that this has just happened. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that was that was also because I was uh, on the air by myself. I think you, it's very hard if you're uh, not a professional to get on the air and just just talk by yourself. It's easy when you got someone there. So I was thankful that you called in, and uh, we had uh, another caller call in later in the show. <laughs> but I think that also happens when you're fighting back tears. <laughs> yes, <it>? I didn't <laughs> so, want to. Uh, I was going to say, I hope I added a touch of levity to proceedings, but um, I'm not sure. As you said, that the uh, disconcerting thing for my good self at the end was that you know you thought that you you know it may, may it may actually make you feel better, but you end up feeling worse. Yes, so, you know, I got, <laughs> that's I kind of thought, oh, geez, you know, do I really have that effect on people? No, it was. Know? It wasn't you. I thought talking it out would uh, would help me, and it turned out that uh, it had the opposite effect. So uh, uh, the okay. lesson is: uh, yeah, don't seek help for your problems. Yeah, <laughs> seek so a, seek the bottom of a bottle. Um, well. <laughs> At least you didn't get onto YouTube. I was going to say that could have that <laughs> could have ended up very very ugly. Yes. Anyway, anyway, I'll leave you guys to it, nonetheless. But uh, thanks for the chat, guys. Uh, thanks for calling in, Colin. Thank you. Yeah. That yes, that um, that uh, is Colin uh, Flaubert. Uh, it's Col- is it Colin Flaubert? Flaubert. Colin B. Yes. Flaubert, not Flaubert, yes. as I was calling him uh, the other day. Um, yep. So yeah, that it's always great to uh, hear from other demon supporters, uh, the demon landers, uh, and um, yeah, one that uh, lives uh, overseas. So good to get uh, another perspective. Um, so if anyone else wants to join us in this conversation, zero three nine zero one six three triple six, or you can Skype us on Demonland thirty one, just like Colin did. Um, sounds crystal clear from uh, from from Japan. So uh, yeah, get on. Get on uh, Skype. It looks like that uh, some of the crew from the Gatwick um, and Romsey are, are in the chat room, so I don't know whether Uncle Bitters is out there or whether he's maybe imbibed too much already and uh, isn't in a state to be calling in tonight <laughs> from from Romsey, but uh, um, call, in, call in soon because uh, we're going to have to wrap up shortly. It's been a, a long show tonight with our special guest, Mel Hickey. Yes. So uh, we'll we'll just have a, a couple of quick topics. We, we talked about some ins and outs, so that's it. Um, uh, the game this week, we'll just briefly touch on uh, Eddie Head Stadium back to uh, back to our favourite uh, favourite ground, and rather than the uh, boiling hot uh, hot box that we experienced earlier in the year, I think it's going to be you're going to need a jacket for that because it uh, you know it gets bloody hot there when um, when it's hot. 
but it's also bloody cold when it's cold, so uh, bring, bring a jacket. <laughs> yep, and will the team be hot or cold? I mean, that's, that's mm. the big question, and uh, uh, we're coming off a short break, but Essendon are coming off an even shorter break. Yeah, they've got a five-day um, break, less than a five-day break, I think, because we're playing at ten past one if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, uh, yeah, they're coming off, uh, you know, not much uh, break. But, look, I'm there's one player of theirs that worries me uh, big time, and that's... Um, Joe. Yep. Uh, uh, Joe Danaher, uh, not Joe Watson. Um, yeah, yep, sorry, I, yep, I, I, thought, I yeah. said Joe. Oh, yep. Joe, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he, he worries was, me. He was great yesterday. Um, um he kicked some nice goals and uh, seemed to be in everything. Um, it, it just like the the way uh, we played Rewalt, he was left alone quite a lot, um, and it cost us. So if we uh, if we do the same with Joe, he'll he'll tear us apart, and you know he'll kick straight. <laughs> yeah, and look, <laughs> he always seems yeah. to kick straight against us. Yeah, he spent a little bit of time, or he spent more time up the field and maybe even on the ball, um, in the ruck yesterday, I think. So it would be interesting to see how they utilise him, um, particularly given that we're depleted in the ruck stocks at the moment. Mm. But the other one that worries me and uh, who's also in, in good form and he's a great player to watch is Tipper. Yep, um, yep, I like him. He did you know, a nice Donald little... Tip and, Tip and Woody. He's, he's a good player yeah. to watch because he's... He's so he brings so much energy to his game. Yeah, he really chases hard and tackles hard and runs hard, and um, yeah, he and Fantasia and some of the others um, are really getting among the goals. Yeah. Um, so the back line's got its work cut out for them. Yeah, they with Danaher do. and with the smalls that uh, that crumb him. So. Um, not easy beats, I don't think, Essendon. Yeah, and um, I imagine uh, Michael Hibbard won't get such a warm reception from, uh, and probably Milksham, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely, oh, well, they'll probably both, because both of them walked out on uh, out on the club, so I'm sure the the Essendon supporters will let them know uh, just, uh, just what they think about them. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. No, so... Expect some booze, I am positive. Um, do you, do you think we'll win this week? See, I'm. I've, when it comes to Melbourne, I've had. I'm um, the glass is half empty type of thing. I can't. I can't see us winning. I'm. You know, I'm struggling to see us winning any games uh, in the next few weeks. It's just that's just my negativity coming out. Um, I do take, as I said earlier on in the program, I do take heart in the fact that uh, you know, even though we've lost three in a row, we've been competitive we've been in winning positions we probably should have won those games um but yeah i I, i'm i'm glass is half empty and i know you're a glass is half full uh type of guy so uh, i'm not that i'm not that confident about this week to be honest Mm. i just hope that uh i think the boys really got themselves up for for um monday night's game and i just hope that the fact that they've lost the three when they could have won all three, that they don't lose energy and heart um, and we don't see a drop in effort and intensity. Um, I can handle the losses as long as the, as long as the energy and intensity is there. 
Um, so I hope that they're not sort of feeling flat because they feel like they haven't, you know, got reward for effort. Um, so, look, Essendon, they're not a strong side. You know, if we can start capitalising a bit better um, on our dominance and on the huge number of... There was, there was a, an enormous number of inside 50s, yeah. at least in the first uh, first quarter or first half against Richmond. So, you know, if we can start capitalising on that, then we can put start putting games to bed early and then we don't have this problem of sides getting back into it. Um, we should have been further in front against Richmond. Yep. And uh, that may well have snuffed out the game, you know. Yeah. Instead I, of it being, if it had been 30 points yeah. at three-quarter time or 35 uh, rather than the 20, yeah. then I agree. Uh, they they may well have uh, not even, you know, had a sniff. I, I, would have, a sniff. I mean, I would have liked to have, the, you know, the game to have been all over at three-quarter time. Um, and I believe we could have been in that position and, you know, we, we blew it. Um, and we allowed, you know, our fatigue, we allowed them to uh, get back in it. So, I mean, looking at the next six weeks, uh, someone started a thread on Demonland about the next six weeks, and I thought, you know, it's a good chance to put a poll up, which does means absolutely nothing, <laughs> these polls, but uh, it's good to sort of see. So we've got Essendon, Hawthorne, uh, Essendon, Hawthorne at Eddie Had in the G, then the Crows at Adelaide, North yep. back at the G, we go to Alice Springs with the Suns, and then... Then the pies at the back at the G for Queen's birthday. Uh, what do you think? We've got six games. What would you be? What do you think? What would you be happy with? Um, can we can we win them all? Can we you know maybe drop one that Adelaide game? I don't have much confidence in. No, look, Adelaide are playing yeah. uh, playing awesome footy at the moment. But as we've seen um, in the past few weeks, funny things can happen mm-hmm. in games, injuries. Uh, suspension, so you never know. And I think the other thing we've we've seen is that um, for most of the competition, if you bring your A game on any given day, you can beat most other opponents in the league. You know, Geelong are on five and zero, Richmond are on five and zero, um, and I don't think I've seen most of the Geelong games. They're not playing great football. You know, you They're know going what? right. I, I agree with you with Geelong. I've seen a few of their games and up until three quarter time the other teams in it and I don't know, they just in the last quarter they mm. just put the pedal to the metal and they just snuff out any team and they end up winning by six goals. But, you know, sometimes they look a bit ornery until till then. Richmond were far from impressive the other no, night. No. And uh, they really only won because we fell over. Yep. As somebody said online, it was a bit of a Stephen Bradbury type performance <laughs> yeah. from them. Um, although credit to them, they still yeah. had to kick the goals. But um, I wouldn't be so, surprised if they get they're playing Adelaide this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get thumped. Get thumped, yeah. yeah. So look, we could go five and one from those next six. I'd be happy with four and two. Yeah, I'd like four um, and two. I think we're closer to three and three. Three and three, yeah. And you know, just because how, how of injuries. Uh, sorry. How that plays out yeah. could be any mix, really. And don't be surprised if we do beat Adelaide and lose to, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, lose to Essendon or something. But. Because um, footy can be funny that way, but uh, um, I'm not writing the season off yet. And um, well, the next they're, six weeks, they're all winnable games. Yeah. 
Oh, look, the, I think, all with the exception of the Crows, I think they're all winnable and we should be aiming to go four and two, at least, or, you know, five and one. But, uh, look, they're going to aim to go six and no, but uh, that doesn't necessarily happen. Um, other other news. Uh, I know we've got to sort of wrap it up soon. Um, well, there's there's very important news that we haven't discussed yet, and that's the changes to uh, Max's face. Yes, yes, the, the the most important news. The we talked about uh, this uh, before the Samson and Delilah effect. Um, yeah, what uh, what do you think of uh, his new look? He, he des- definitely doesn't look as fearsome as uh, he once did look. No, I mean it's funny. He's, the whole shape of his face has changed now, um, <laughs> but he looks well. He looks strange even with the beard. Yep, uh, he looks just as strange now. But um, <laughs> that's Big Max for you. It's good to see that there's uh, he's auctioning off the beard and that that's going to. Uh, I think that money's going to reach. Yeah, that's a, that's um, a good cause. But uh, would you like to be the owner of uh, that beer? <laughs> um, well, Keep it I'm in the plastic. Thinning, I'm thinning it out. I'm thinning out a bit on top, so I could probably spread some of it um, <laughs> in a few patches uh, on my own scone. But no, not something. Not something I'd like to um, make have as a keepsake. No. Well, you sponsor him. Uh, you, will you take it off his hands? Well, not for the money that it's supposedly being <laughs> asked for it. Um, if, uh, What's the bidding up uh, to Well, I, I'm just clicking on the uh, link to the thread now, and then I'll go to um, – ah, there is a link to the eBay auction, so I can quickly uh, see how much we're up to. Uh, it was at 500 – oh, my goodness. It was at 560-odd uh, when I looked earlier today, but uh, – Two thousand and seventy-five dollars. Uh, the current bid is up to. It has seven days, uh, ne- nearly eight days remaining on the auction. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's a, well, it's all going to charity. Um, <laughs> yep, well done. Yeah, well so, done. So bidding on, on the beard, huh? Yeah, fear the beard. Fear the beard. So uh, a couple, of, we'll probably end it uh, shortly. Uh, a couple of the other uh, topics we were going to look at, uh, we might uh, save for other weeks because no doubt um, they'll be up. One of them was uh, about the new designated kicker. Like, do we persist with Bernie with the kicking out? And uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that now or want to leave it for another week. Um, oh, no, I'm happy with Bernie there. I think yep. uh, Nasha probably made a good point that if anything needs to be tinkered with it, it's the plan and the system mm. rather than the kicker. Um, uh, um, yes, Bernie's made some errors by foot, but they haven't been from the kickouts. Um, he's got a good long kick, so I would have thought Bernie stays. And if anything needs to change, it's um, uh, it's what we're doing with it. But even that, I think the kickings are fine. I haven't noticed. Um, haven't noticed anything yeah. sort of wrong with it, I don't think. Yeah, well, well, I don't think we're we're not coughing it up. I don't think that's uh, an issue where teams are sort of getting on top of us because we're fluffing up uh, our kicks. No, so. I mean we seem to be getting it out of the mm. back line, all right. I think so. I don't think it's an issue. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. So uh, the other one, which we probably should have talked about uh, during the injury talk, but there was talk that Angus Brayshaw um, was concussed again or copped a heavy knock. Um, is is this mm. a concern uh, going forward? 
Because I'd like to see him back in the te- team. Um, yeah, I've got to admit I was nervous when I saw the report come in on, was it Saturday night, I think? Um, but then we heard the next day, I think, from his father. Um, and that was quite reassuring because uh, his father was relaxed um, and not worried about it. Apparently, the knock that he got, I don't know whether it actually was a concussion or just a head knock. There's obviously a difference. But if it was a concussion, the symptoms were very mild. Um, they didn't think that there were any problems uh, short-term or, or long-term and that he would probably be able to play this week. So uh, it was a relief to read that. And you can sort of trust a dad on this, can't you? Because uh, there'd be no one, no one in the world more concerned um, and more cautious about the health effects um, than the player's father or the player's family. So the fact that his dad is comfortable where things are at is, uh, I think, is a you know is reassuring. Um, but yeah, it's a it's risky business, um, and yeah, he's he's had uh, he's had quite a few knocks in a short, you know, in his relatively short career. So mm. fingers crossed, he doesn't uh, doesn't get any more. Well, you know what? It it just shows he's he's hard at it, and uh, that's why it's uh, probably happening. So. Um... Yeah, I just uh, hope he uh, hope he's all right, and uh, you know. Yeah, and I hope he gets back in the in the one soon because. So do I. Um, you know, he's got his detractors now on Demon Land, and we've discussed this before that we don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, we both rate him, and yeah, the sooner that he's back playing good footy, um, and back in the midfield, the better. I think that's where he belongs. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, well, I think we've uh, exhausted all the uh, topics uh, that uh, that are out there this week. Um, you know what a great uh, interview that was with Mel Hickey. I'm uh, really happy we uh, got that. And uh, yep, a big thank you out uh, goes out to her. Yeah, de- most definitely. And uh, we are in the process of uh, working out some other um, interviews that once we you know lock some of them down. Uh, you know, we'll let you guys know. But, uh, yeah, thanks to Mel Hickey for being the first ever Demonland podcast interview. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's a trivia question for future uh, for the future. So, uh, yeah, once again, thank you for joining us, Scrape Viney. Um, thank you, Andy. And uh, we will be back this time next week, uh, hopefully with... Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to play the, the theme song. I think maybe we should start the show out with a theme song when we have a win. <laughs> hopefully, yep, we, hopefully we hear it a lot of times this year. So, um, yeah, um, I think without further ado, we'll, uh, we'll end it tonight and uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs>